Good morning, my friends, and welcome to another Black History Moments with Bo. I hope this day finds your life in complete contentment. But if it does not, and problems arise, remember you are not unique when it comes to problems. There's no problem that you can have that someone else has not seen their way through. So this too shall pass. I am kind of heavy hearted this morning because I have just found out another one of our young men has died with bullet wounds in his back entering his house with a Subway sandwich. Now, I don't know if I'm getting this story right, but the fact of the matter is we have another dead African-American shot and killed by a white policeman. And this happened in Columbus, Ohio, my old stomping grounds. So I had to reach out to my friends and relatives and let them know that I feel your pain. And you know what? Here we go again. The marching and the protests will start. You know, we have marched for hundreds and thousands of miles. We have protested for generations and nothing, I mean nothing, has changed. And it will not change until we change our way of fighting. And as long as society knows how we fight, we can never, ever win. So we must change up because this way is not working. We will have taken one giant step forward when we face this reality. Powerful people never teach powerless people how to take their power away. And this is what we need, my friends. We need power. And how do we get it? We get it by unifying our people. We need unity. And once we get that, we will have the power. And with the power, we gain equality. And above all else, respect. 35 million black people in the United States. $2 billion gross income. Why do we try to imitate those who imitate us? We yearn for Amani suits at the same time that they are putting Botox in their lips. We must form a unity that this world has never seen. And it starts with a plan. 
And the plan must be for the benefit of the people. We don't need leaders. If we say that as a race, we are too poor to engage in productive activities that would create thousands of jobs for our young people, if we continue pleas of poverty, our total spending of nearly $2 billion each year will rise up and call us liars. We are able. It is time, people. It is time. You know, I have often said that I am not selling nothing and I am not buying nothing. But I can step back now and say, wait, wait a minute. If you are a black-owned organization, and when I say black-owned, I mean black-owned. If you borrowed money to open a store, that is not a black-owned store. That is a black-run store. You do not own that store. Whoever you borrowed that money from owns that store. But if you are 100% black-owned, and you have a website where people can buy from you, I will endorse you. But before I do that, I need to know your story. And I can read your story when you contact me, bigbowshow at yahoo.com. And if I am convinced, I will give you the play that you need. I know I have taken up half of this morning talking about this and the little bit of pain that I feel about what happened and another stake that has been driven into the history books of African Americans. So right now, we're going to slip on into darkness. Who killed Alberta Jones? Louisville's first black female prosecutor. The prosecutor was pulled out of her rental car, beaten in the head with the brick until she lost consciousness and thrown into the Ohio River where she drowned. This happened in August 1965. And Alberta Jones was a civil rights activist and the first woman to become prosecutor in Louisville, and the case was never solved. Despite fingerprints obtained from her car and witnesses who saw men tossing a body from a bridge, you see, things were still messed up in Louisville. Segregation was a muck. And if she had been a white woman, they would have turned over heaven and hell to solve this case. But she was black, and to them, just another Negro. So they didn't do anything about it. Jones was a trailblazer. She integrated the University of Louisville and worked as the first attorney for Muhammad Ali, who was then Cassius Clay, negotiating the contract for his first fight. And what did they do for the sister? 
they raised a banner. Lee Remington, an associate professor of political science at Bellamine University and pre-law program director, became intrigued by Alberta Jones since 2001 when she was a first-year law student at Brandis School of Law at the University of Louisville. And she said, in a hallway, they had portraits of Kentucky civil rights leaders. She was the only African-American woman on the wall. She said she stopped to read the inscription. It talked about her work with civil rights. At the bottom, it said, she was murdered and it was unsolved. So she became intrigued and started looking into the case. And she said, the more I found out about the case, the more I wondered whether it was more than a book project. She combed through thousands of pages of files. She found evidence police seemed to have ignored. She found living witnesses who police had told the family were dead. As a prosecutor, Jones worked on domestic violence cases. She was putting white men in jail for beating their wives. And only months after Jones began working as a prosecutor, she was killed. Well, that music tells me that it is that time again. I'm sorry I could not elaborate on this, but I gave you a moment, a moment with Alberta Jones. Look her up, read her story, know her, and you will know us. Until next time, my friends, it has been all my honor.